backboard banter on the board with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter's as ferocious. Luka Doncic in Euro against France, man. He dropped forty-seven points. That is ridiculous. Uh, Luka has no fear. You know, Serbia, Greece. You know, with their MVPs are running through it. It's a good time for Euro basketball fans right now. Man, I think like arguably three of the top five players in the NBA, um, at least top 10 players in the NBA are in this tournament right now between Luka, Jokic, and Giannis. And that is such a cool thing for Europe basketball. Um, You know, recently in previous years, memory, like they're all over in the States, but our game has grown so internationally now that it's it's really cool to see. And, um, you know, those are the three teams that you got to, you got to tune in and watch, man, because you're going to see something special. Absolutely. Okay, Matt, throwing it at you. So of these three guys, which of them do you think is most likely this upcoming season to get MVP? Oh, man, I think most likely would actually be Luka Doncic. Um, Just because, you know, we're going off the last, what, four MVPs between split between Jokic and Giannis. I don't know if uh, the voters are going to feel like, you know, voting for them again. Voter fatigue. I'll say Luka. Uh, I like the Luka pick. I would have gone with the save for Giannis because, like, getting a three-peat for Jokic seems almost impossible unless he can make his stat line better than he had the past few years. But that's a conversation for another day because the MVP race is wild. But at least European basketball fans are loving what they get to see. Dude, just nobody in the NBA media is going to vote for Jokic again until he wins the NBA championship. Um, it's going to be that, you know, Giannis thing where he had to win and prove himself after the back-to-back MVPs. Oh, yeah. And if Jokic doesn't do it this year, he's not going to get a sniff of those MVP voting, no matter how amazing his season is analytically. Um, you know, his PR could be 40, and I don't think he's getting a vote. Imagine, like, that would be absolutely insane. Okay, okay, okay. So, we're done with Euro. Let's move on to actual basketball because there was a bombshell this week. It finally happened. The Mitchell trade, Matt, he's gone, he's moved. Utah is officially in their rebuild. But to the Cavaliers out of left field, I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Dude, it was right after we record, you like text me last week and you're like, yo, Mitchell just gets traded and he went to the Cavs. Big sad for me because personally, I think if he had gone to the Knicks, that would have been better for the Eastern Conference overall. Teams like us, you know, the Cavs really got much better with this player even though i'd like to point out that sexton could develop into a mitchell-esque player i mean if you look at their stats and their career arcs mitchell started a little bit later in the nba but he came on the scene immediately sexton's been in the nba longer at a younger age but he's the scoring machine that that mitchell is he's an undersized play like you know point guard shooting guard they're very similar positions. They could get, you know, a Mitchell Light in Sexton. Plus, they got Markinen and those three first-round picks. Um, like, I think it was a great trade for Utah. But the Cavs definitely, definitely improved their outlook for the next couple years, for sure. It's a big win for both teams. And I think that's why the trade ultimately ended up happening. Right? You know, the Knicks, you know, there's rumors that Knicks offered what they did and maybe the Jazz spited them, but I, I don't want to get into that because I think that's ridiculous. I think the more important conversation is the fact that Utah has absolutely jump-started their rebuild, controlling, what, 17 potential picks over the next seven years? Like, it's kind of crazy, and they're not done, right? Like, the conversation now flips into what are you going to get for Conley? What are you going to get for Boyan? What are you going to get for um, Clarkson, right? So 
Utah is not done. So I think, you know, they're a conversation for, you know, eight months from now when they're not in the playoffs and they're hopefully going for Wembenyana and that's, who knows, maybe overrated player. We, we heard it here, but we, we shall see for there. But in terms of the Cavaliers, like it's a, it's a big deal. You know, Mitchell's proven himself. He's the type of player that can win you basketball games. And especially, you know, those 16 games that actually matter at the end of the season. So Cavaliers have jumped themselves into the playoff conversation, you know, potential contenders in the East, maybe not all the way up top because they have to prove themselves now. But for the next five years, I don't want to face the Cavs in the playoffs. Well, considering he's the oldest core member of their team right now, I mean, Mm -hmm. like their their starting five is going to be him it's going to be garland it's going to be isaac coro it's going to be evan mobley and jared allen like that is a a great young starting five that they can build with for years to come and the fact that they're going to be in the playoffs next year is just kind of the beginning of it you know evan Mobley's really going to be their top end player when it's all said and done like when their championship window is completely open yeah. anyways so i think this is like a really great opportunity for them um the the one thing that i'll say about utah side of the thing is that if the reports are true and they were offered you know three unprotected firsts from new york plus rj barrett um i think it was quickly and obi toppin like that's a better trade to me way better not, deal not only is it like arguable that RG Barrett is better than Colin Sexton as the main piece coming back in terms of your rebuild? Yeah. But like the New York Knicks picks are going to be much better than the Cavs. The Cavs are one of the best young up and coming teams that we have in the Eastern Conference. They're going to be picking at the back half of the 20s, man. And you're going to trade that for the Knicks who could easily bungle this thing with Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randle and be you know, providing a lottery picks for the next three that you get. So it's just, uh, to me, if I was Utah, I'd probably go after the, the <laughs> Knicks trade, but apparently they wanted to scorn them, man. Apparently they were not too happy with the, the way that the rumor mill was swirling around this this trade situation. But to me, you got to go with the Knicks. We can only know the information that is given to us outside of the offices of these franchises. And I cannot disagree with you. The Knicks are in way more of a question mark situation. So those picks would have been much more valuable. But hey, the trade is done. We got a bombshell. That's probably the last big name that's going to move until the season gets up and running. And, you know, somebody else decides that eh, maybe I don't like it. Maybe the grass is greener somebody somewhere else. But in terms of other things that we can talk about before we get into this Southeast division, I mean, Eastern Conference teams, Gallinari actually tore his ACL. So he's going to be out a lot longer with his meniscus, you know, Celtics fans, sorry, Celtics, you're going to have to figure it out. And, you know, the real conversation, because I don't think that's really a conversation, is is Lonzo, is what's going to happen with the Bulls, because we all thought the Bulls were going to fall out and be lower than they were last year, potentially. And with Lonzo showing that he's going to be injured longer, he hasn't been rehabbing well from his surgery, and he's going to be coming to Chicago now after rehabbing in LA all summer and not having found success. Like, are they going to fall even lower? I mean, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, which is crazy for this team. Dude, I I can see it happening. I, I said it when we did the, um, what are they, the Central? Yeah, the Central <laughs> yeah, Division. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the Chicago Bulls, man, are taking a step back. DeMar DeRozan had an MVP-type caliber season last year. Nikola uh, Vucevic is only getting older. Unless... 
Patrick Williams can really step up and prove why they took him at fourth overall. Um, I, I just don't see it for this team. The fact that Lonzo has never really been healthy throughout his entire career for a full season. Um, the fact that he's slowly coming back from this. He's a main, main cog in that defense. He's what makes it, you know, one of the better defenses in the NBA when they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. It's a tough loss, man. And I just... I don't think that they're going to be able to make the playoffs. Like I said, they'll probably be a play-in team. Uh, maybe they make the playoffs that way, but I, I really doubt that they make it outright. In the top six, man, like, think about the nine teams in the the eight other teams in the Eastern Conference that are going to be, you know, vying for that those six playoff spots. They're, they're definitely the ninth best. The East is stacked. The West might have more top-heavy teams, for example, in a certain situations, but the East is stacked from top to bottom all the way. And, you know, you think about how the 76ers just picked up Montrez on a two-year deal, you know, player option for him in the second year, an opportunity to prove himself on this Philadelphia squad. Like, I'm not going to say that I'm happy for this team because I can't be happy for Philadelphia. They're a rival of ours, you know? But at the same time, Montrez is a good pickup. And with Harden looking like he's in the right mindset with, Joel Embiid getting snubbed once again and not being given his quote-unquote due. Like, Philadelphia could be ready and they could come out of the gate fire. And Tyrese Maxey is only getting better. So, good pickup for them, in my opinion. Honestly, really good pickup with the Montrez Harrell uh, signing. I think it just goes to show you how deep this Eastern Conference is. Like, the Philadelphia 76ers... Uh, the Bucks, the Nets with Durant and Kyrie Irving aren't really even considered like a consensus top three team in this Eastern Conference. The number one Heat from or the number one team from last year in the Heat, they might take a step back. Like it is just, it's a deep, deep division, man, or conference. And this is probably the worst division though in the entire conference. Like the Southeast is definitely below standard. Um, I might. I might say it's probably the worst division in the NBA at this point. I can't disagree with you. You you were rolling us in really nicely. You started talking about the Heat, and then I realized to myself, do we want to talk about the Heat right away? Do we want to get them out of the way? Because, like, that could be the best potential team that exists in this division, so, like, that could be bad for us. But also, with the conversation around them, there's a lot to talk about with this Miami Heat squad. Man, there's, there's a ton to talk about with the Heat squad. Um, the fact that they're getting older and not necessarily getting better. Like the young players that they have outside of, I think I read this the other day, it was Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo, and then um, Victor Oladipo, who are like the only guys on their team who have been in the league for five plus years. And I think Bam's not even been in the league for five plus years. I think Barely. it's just five this year. Yeah. yeah I think it's just going to be five this year. And then the rest of them are under five years in the league. Like, but none of them are going to be stars. Like Tyler hero maybe has a chance to be an all-star. He thinks he is in his uh, head. That's for sure. <laughs> he definitely thinks he's already an all-star, but you know, he, he might have the potential game Vincent and Max Strauss are, are nice players, especially for undrafted players, but they're definitely not like, they couldn't start on the Raptors, man. Like, I think outside of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they don't have a single other player who could start on the Raptors. You know, whereas I think all five of our starters could start for them. I mean, I'm I'm with you all the way, and for me, it's the conversations of years past with this Heat team that I bring up in my memory to make me realize that 
have any of those guys really gotten better? Like, yeah, you added Kyle Lowry, but you're adding Kyle out of his prime. I'm not going to speak bad about Kyle. Love love me some some Kyle over here. But you think about Jimmy, he's he's still the same Jimmy. And he's been great for them in the playoffs. He's led them to where he has. But has Bam answered his questions? Is his mid-range game as good as it can be in the playoffs? Can he shoot threes as good? Like, you know, and then Tyler Hero, you know, the conversation used to be, can he be that sharpshooter off the bench? He's proven that, but now he's like, I want to be a starter. I've earned being a starter. So the conversation's there and Oladipo, you're going to be a good player for this team. That's it, right? Like, so the conversation around each of these players hasn't changed. And as we've seen everywhere else, the East has gotten so much better. Well, the Heat have just kind of existed. So uh, I don't, fully agree with a lot of people saying they might miss have to miss the playoffs because i think about jimmy and just the dog in that man and where he could drag this team but at the same time i definitely could easily say that this won't be you know a home court advantage in the first round type of team like i don't think you can guarantee that at all going into the season man i i think they'll be lucky to make the playoffs outright honestly i think eric spolstra um is a magician and i think that'll be the reason that they make it because he gets the most out of these rosters the roster is not super talented and their starting five is probably one of the worst starting fives out of the the you know the playoff hopefuls in the eastern conference there's about you know nine or ten teams in the eastern conference that you can call playoff hopefuls um they've got probably one of the worst starting fives out of it bam on jimmy butler and not a whole lot of anything else i'm again we love kyle lowry kyle lowry is not the kyle lowry that we knew as the grout so it's it's tough to see man but the heat are just i think they're gonna take a step back i honestly could see them you know easily missing the playoffs altogether because they're just they don't have enough for me man it's just they're bam's proved that his ceiling is what it is, right? He showed us in that one game against Boston during the playoffs yeah. that he can be, like, has that potential, maybe, but he's not assertive enough. I, like, I still remember Kyle Lowry yelling at him to make his move, to go to the basket, to, you know, to yeah. initiate the offense, and that should just be instinct at this point. You know, he's, like, 24 years old. He's one of the better NBA players uh, he's on a huge contract. Initiating the offense should be something that's second nature to him, and it just doesn't seem to be. So if if he's going to be your primary star, unfortunately, Jimmy's getting diminished every year. You know, injuries last year were piling up in the playoffs. Absolutely. He fought through them valiantly, but another year of that, another year of rehab, like, I just, I don't see it, man. I don't see this team. And they were the number one team in the East last year, man. Like, 53 and 29 is a good record, but they also had the easiest division, right? Like, Atlanta was the ninth seed and only yeah. got into the playoffs because they won the play-in game. So Let's also not think about, or sorry, let's think about the Suns and where they can fall as well. You know, we're talking about top teams on either side, but the one shining light, the last thing to talk about the Heat, is the fact that they did draft Nikola Jovic. All right, there's, or you know, there's a chance that potentially the next star of Nikola is going to come out onto this team. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I can't, I can't feel like right without talking about him going into the season. Bro, there's a reason he was available in the back half of the draft in the first round. You know, <sighs> if you're a surefire stud, you're going top ten. But even so, surefire studs, quote unquote, in the top ten bust out. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath either, my friend. <laughs> Uh, I can't disagree. Yeah. Okay, so we've dealt with the Heat. Do you want to work our way down the tier? Talk about the Hawks, or is there another direction you're thinking? 
man, I mean, if you want, we can go to like the bottom of this division. And no, I'm not talking about Orlando. I'm talking about the Charlotte Hornets, my friend. Um, I think losing Miles Bridges has to be the one of the biggest loss for any team this offseason. And like, mm-hmm. it is just going to be painful to watch them next year, man. Painful. I mean, yeah, you look down this roster at names on this list. And I don't get excited, you know, and, and, you know, LaMelo Ball is great, but we're not, we're not LaMelo fans here. You know, anyone who, who actually listens will know that we ripped on this kid when Malachi was, was, was showing him up and we know how that can turn out in the Giving future. Exactly. So, you know, but when you think about the rest of this roster and you look down the list, like I like JT Thor's name and Kai Jones's name. Like, they're cool, young, rookie names, but there's nobody on this team that gets me excited to play. How is Gordon Hayward back? Like, w- what is going on here? MJ, come on, man. Figure something out. And, like, I, you know, there's there's so many other things to the story. There's so much that goes on with running a franchise. But you have your, quote-unquote, guy, in your opinion, in LaMelo. Do something around him because, man, you know, it's... The conversation we just had about Zion was, is he or isn't he going to sign his extension? And the Pelicans were good when he decided to sign it, and he signed it right away. I don't think Lamelo's going to, you know, leave money on the table, but that's going to be the conversation all year long until it happens. Absolutely, man. I think, you know, the fact that he's 21, he's, this is going to be his third NBA season, and they're regressing as a squad. <laughs> yeah. Um, his major partnership was with Miles Bridges, man. I, they were, you know instant chemistry you know right off the hop uh, the lob threat was just instantaneous with bridges's athleticism and, and Melo's vision oh yeah and then they like they you're right like that roster just has nothing on it like kelly Oubre juniors he's decent he's nice you know he he can start for some teams in this league tier rosier nah like pj washington nah um Mason Plumley as your starting center, like maybe Mark Williams supplants him, but again, he's a 15th overall pick and a rookie, so it's it's a tough one, man. But yeah, Charlotte has just completely fallen off for a team that I was scared of at the beginning of last year on the you know as a team on the up and up. Like they have definitely fallen apart after one off season too, right? Like they came basically last two years with Lamelo same relative spot in the yeah. play-in but didn't make the playoffs this year i mean maybe they get Wembenyana, but hey like they're gonna be that bad i think so matt's over here saying maybe they get Wembenyana, and meanwhile his his actual brain is going maybe they get lucky with the second third or fourth pick to actually get a star right like but this is the situation they're in they're just kind of stuck they're middling I'm sorry, but if you played a game of pickup basketball where every single player in the NBA got picked one at a time to join different teams, the Hornets, they'd be here a while. They'd be here a while. That's that's for sure. And, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's just unfortunate the team building is the way that it is. And these guys are fantastic basketball players, but this is the best league in the world. And if you want to yeah. compete and not just bottom out, because that's the direction they have to go at this point, is they have to bottom out and hope that Two, three years from now, while LaMelo is in his prime, they have good players that can fit around him. Or they can hopefully get people in free agency, which, as we know, is not going to happen. So, Charlotte, they're in a weird place, a weird direction, and we're going to watch their future with, I want to say great intrigue, but no, nah, I'm, I'm not paying attention. Straight up. Well, I, I, I agree, man. I think the fact that they have to go back to the draft to, in order to surround LaMelo with players 
is going to be really difficult um, to get them to line up in terms of competitive window, in terms of making sure that he stays as well, right? Because you want to be competitive enough that he can see a future and sign after his rookie extension. Because he'll probably sign the rookie extension, most guys do, and yeah. then they ask for a trade within like two, three years. So that's probably the route that Lamella will go. And if they want to be competitive, they're gonna they're gonna need to start hitting on draft picks today. Yeah, you know, like Mark Williams is gonna have to be more than a serviceable NBA center. James Booknight is gonna have to step up and be like a decent guard um, in this league. And I don't think that they're gonna do that. You know, I really don't think that it's gonna just happen like that for them. And having Bridges in place at the time was perfect because he's that much like just a little bit older exactly. his competitive window was going to line up with Lamelo, and they were going to be the two stars and man shouldn't be on a team like he definitely shouldn't for what he did and and from what we've seen but man it's a huge loss for charlotte and, and a team like this should also be primed for taking bad contracts to get good draft picks but what do they have to offer these teams really at all in terms of players, because you have to have some type of potential young player, some type of you know mid-level player. Like, is Gordon Hayward going to get you a bad contract in a draft pick? Not a first he round. A bad contract. That's that's the situation they're in, right? So, like, I don't know. Like, I'm sitting over here trying to armchair GM this team, and I'm like, I got nothing man. for you. So that that's the unfortunate future of the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's sad, but. Michael Jordan, man, you are a fabulous player, but this is killing your legacy and your your owner record, track record. You must be like Donald Sterling level bad. It's it's not good. It's not good. It's so bad. it's not good. So we, here, can we can we talk about the Wizards then? Because this is the direction I'm I'm kind of thinking about right now. Because the Wizards are in the middle, right? Because they haven't yet decided they're going full rebuild. You know, they they moved off of John Wall. They moved off of. Uh, well, they didn't move off of Bradley Beal, but they moved off of Russell Westbrook, thankfully, and they found themselves in an interesting situation with some decent, not quite young, but, you know, good players, and Bradley Beal is fully committed now, so this team looks like it's going to be around to be a, a play-in team for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think you said it, man. They're going to be in competing for a play-in spot for the foreseeable future on that contract. Man, I understand Beal wants the money, and I understand that that's the most money he can sign, and it's, you know, life-changing money, but go win a championship. Like, go to Miami and really elevate that squad. You know, make them a true contender and, and someone who can beat a Boston or a, or a Milwaukee. Um, like, staying in Washington is just so... It's just, like, so anti-competitive. Because he's just, he's just on a middling team. He's going to put up his 30 points a game. He's going to look great. He's going to get great stats. But it's going to yeah. be empty and meaningless, man. Like, it's just, it's sad. But it is what it is. And the fact that they've got, you know, like, the last few lottery picks that they've had have been, like, they're not showing any star potential signs, you know? Like, they're, like... Kuchimura's good. He's yeah. not going to be a star. Abdija's good. He's not going to be a star. Um, Kyle Kuzma's not going to be a star. We already know that. Like, Kristaps not going to be a star. Like, they yeah. got. I will say, I do like Johnny Davis. I think you know, tenth overall pick. I don't think he's going to come in and be anything special. But if he does have good ball handling skills and he can work with Beal, maybe they have something there. But. 
Like, again, what are, like, yeah, what that's are they it. looking at for the next 10 years? Like, 10th overall pick after 10th overall pick after 10th overall pick? And we know, like, the hit rate on those guys isn't very high. No. So you may as well trade Bradley, get a bunch of assets, go tank, go get a bunch of future first-round stars, potentially, or at least flyers on some stars, and then build from there. But at this point, man, like you're asking for purgatory and purgatory is just the worst thing as a sports franchise and as sports fans, like that is the thing that we hate the most when our team does. Yeah. When you're just middling for year after year after year after year, like it is just so bad that you, you turn fans off the game. So if I'm Washington, man, I'm I'm cashing Bradley Beal in, you know, for some draft picks. And I'm, and I'm going back to the draft board. And who knows, right? Maybe the franchise and Beal himself will see this Mitchell trade and look at the future that he has with the Cavs and go, hey, look at this win-win for both of us. Now, it's not the Knicks-Knicks win for the Utah where they could have gotten real legitimate draft assets back. But you get Bradley Beal in a place where he can perform and get to do what he wants to do. And you get good young assets to get a rebuild. Because look at Utah. They're in one of the best places. You know, would you say they're... They're for sure in a top five rebuilding situation in the NBA. They might even be in a top two, right? You know, nobody can really dethrone OKC, but I'd say they're probably top three in terms of best place they could be in a pure, fully rebuilt situation. So, like, that could be the answer for Beal and this team. As, like, their first year of a rebuild where they haven't had an attempt at a high draft pick, yeah. Because, like, obviously, I think the Rockets are ahead of them. Orlando's ahead of them. Um, OKC's ahead of them. But, yeah, they're they're... They're doing what they need to do. They've got draft picks. They've got futures. Um, they're going to be bad this year. They've got players, roster players that are actually valuable that they can actually get more yep. futures out of. Like, you're right. Utah's in a great situation for what they're looking to do. And they actually have a vision of the future. Whereas I think yeah. this, what Washington kind of looks like is when a team focuses too much on the next year. What's going to happen next year? What are we going to do next year? Next yeah. year? Next year? It's never a long-term vision, and that's I think what's really hurt this team and and why they are where they are. They're going to be eleventh again, tenth again. Big deal, you know. Honestly, and and that's why like it's simple. Like you know, I, you know, shout out to Delon Wright who hopefully can do stuff. You know, X Raptor can be something for this team. They didn't do anything. They didn't really move the needle. They lost some players without getting much back for it. I mean. I don't know what, what more to really say about this Wizards squad. They're going to be around in a very tough East, but they're just going to be around. You know, Beal's going to have some sick games. You know, I'm sure he's going to put up a couple 40 bombs this season. That's what he 50. does as a player, right? Yeah, yeah 50. That I wouldn't be surprised, you know, considering Sadiq Bey can do it. You know, Beal should definitely be able to do it. And, you know, if he's not getting traded by the All-Star break, maybe that's his decision at the end of the season. I'm just going to chuck up some huge numbers so that when the offseason comes around, you know, I got three years on a contract. Let's go win a championship with me because, you know, I'm trying to find some type of future for the Somebody direction of this franchise. Save me from this place, man. <laughs> he should have done that in free agency. He had his choice, man, and he chose to go back. So that's on him. It is what it is, man. Washington, again, is going to be middle of the table. They'll probably be ahead of Orlando, you know. Orlando, who they could sneaky be decent like if Paolo Banchero is as good Legit. as people think he is right away if like he doesn't have to be like the superstar that we assume he'll be in five years but if yeah. he's like at least showing Kate Cunningham level signs of, of player this year like even like a notch below that that's a great start 
Jalen Suggs had a horrible rookie year last year, but if he bounces back, you know, there's a reason that he was considered, you know, to be a better prospect than Scotty Barnes at one point. He was fighting um, a narrative too, right? When Scotty was coming out and doing what he's doing, you know, that mental toll on Suggs. I was supposed to be the fourth. They didn't want me. We're not performing. I'm injured. All of that, you know, can slowly build on top of you. 100%, man. No, no, I, I like that, that you came in with that. I think that he'll have a better year this year. I, mm -hmm. I truly believe that. Um, Franz Wagner had a fabulous year last year um i saw s some stupid tiktok video of some guys saying that he's a better uh prospect and a uh, better future player than scotty barnes and i almost lost my mind but hey Get out of here. I mean, ah. orlando fans man keep that keep that energy going uh wendell carter jr's an above average starting center in the nba yeah like he is and like that's what four young pieces that they have right there that they can build with um and then you can throw in like you know terrence ross can score the basketball gary harris can he oh no he's hurt eh his yep. knee yeah you haven't mentioned potentially jonathan Mo isaac Bamba. coming back mobamba playing like i loved your detroit start because they are like detroit they're a team that is potentially with all of these young assets being able to sneak out do decently good and then all of a sudden oh this team was rebuilding and now they're in the play-in, potentially sneaking a game off of the Wizards, the Hornets, you know, all these teams that are not quite there yet. Like, I do like the Magic. I think that they've got a chance. You know who else we haven't mentioned? Markel Fultz. Like, there's so many what-if, what-could-be potential, you know, booming moments for a lot of these players on this Magic squad. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, because I, I haven't seen it from Orlando. They've just kind of been this close, just, just, you know, waiting. They're at the door. They're holding the door open. They just can't get through it yet, so... If this could be the season for him, if Banchero actually is a true number one, the East just got even scarier, man. Man, and Markel Fultz is like a career of like what ifs. You know, what if he didn't get traded or the number one overall pick didn't get traded to the 76ers who already had Ben Simmons yep. and they didn't force him to play off ball and they let him be who he was. What if he doesn't, he's not this injury prone, right? Like he was a good player last year. He was just injured for the majority of the season um so yeah I, I like that you brought him up man i like this you know this roster is, is young it's up and coming it's good for a bad roster for where they are and where they want to be um so we'll see what happens you know they've got cole anthony too they it's full bowl is a signing that we haven't even talked about i don't think man this like this roster is sneaky uh but again like probably like maximum play-in status like maximum like if they hit the eighth seed i would be shocked yeah and i think the sneakiness is why they looked at bankero i think it's why they looked at paulo as potentially you know the reach to take him number one why he might be you know the higher ceiling than jabari who fell all the way to third right and they're not the risk in chat which we've seen has worked out because you know if this team doesn't have chat they're this pesky potentially strong ish could be team that doesn't have their star Right, so Orlando has an interesting season ahead of them, and I think it's going to be fun basketball. You know, especially if Ben Carroll shows up, I think it's going to be fun basketball. And if you know, you realize when it comes time to the trade deadline that you're you're too good, Terrence Ross is going to get you assets for sure. That man can hop. So definitely a, a good situation for Orlando and their fans. Can't deny that. 
dude, and they could flip Wendell, or I mean, they could flip Mobamba, they could flip Markel Fultz. Like they've got some room with the way that their roster is constructed to to make some moves. And if even if they wanted to flip Jonathan Isaac, let's say that they like Franz Wagner and they think yeah. that he's the future at that position, you know, they maximize on Isaac's value. Like go for it. Like they've got options, they've got flexibility, and they'll probably be in the you know the lottery again but that's where they need to be for the next at least two three more years they're figuring it out slowly and when you think about the next step up right the hawks the situation that they're in as a team like they went in to get Dejounte this summer and you know i made the comment i think a year or two ago when they went in to get danilo when they paid all this money around trey before they gave him his extension so that they could you know tool it how they wanted that failed we've seen it simply you know they had their cool run that may or may not have had something to do with Ben Simmons and his mental game. We're not going to get into that, but we're going to think about last year and the fact that they didn't show up and that it wasn't a good end to the season for them. And Trey Young, look, Trey Young is sick. The stuff he does in Madison Square Garden, people love. He is a show. Everyone enjoys watching the buckets he can make happen. But there's more to this game. There's defense. There's a lot that has to go on. And the Hawks have to figure it out as a full roster. And if DeJounte can, like, if they can be the ultimate yin-yang for each other, it'll be the most interesting backcourt in the NBA. Can it come together? That's the question that the Hawks have to figure out. I, yeah, I think the the tough part is going to be convincing Trey that he needs to play off ball more. Yeah, I think that um, you know Dejounte is not the shooter that Trey is, um, and he's neither the ball handler that Trey is. But he can get those looks for Trey. Um, we'll see how it all works out because as much as I love Dejounte Murray as a player, and as you know, he averaged almost twenty ten and ten last season. He was phenomenal. He was also doing it on a really bad Spurs team where he controlled everything. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how he fits into a team that's trying to contend. Um I didn't love losing Kevin Herter, but I think I like the fact that they added more length on the wing. I think Anyeko Kongu as well had a sneaky good sophomore season last year. I think he's primed to break out in his third year. I think he could even replace Clint Capella as their starting center. Um, That'd be interesting. It's, it's a, it's a toss-up, though, with this team, man. I mean, like, two years ago, they were in the Eastern Conference Final. Again, Ben Simmons aside, like, they still won the first round and still beat Philadelphia. Um, last year, they were... They barely made the playoffs. They had to win the play-in games. Is that the range that they're going to be in this year? Probably. Like, it, anywhere from there, you know? Um, I could see if the season goes really well that they're a top 6-5 seed. If the season goes poorly, they miss the play-in altogether. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what this team has to offer, man. Because I really like the idea of Murray and, and uh, Trey Young. I just we will have to see how it works. It's, it's the versatility that Murray can provide, right? It's allowing, you know, Bogdan to not have to be the sharpshooter he can be, to take another backseat, to be that third, fourth, fifth guy, to maybe play a sixth man role, right? Like, the bigs don't have to do as much because these guards and these wings, hopefully wings with Onyeka, can just be much more for this roster, but... There's question marks. There's always going to be question marks, and yes, Trey Young can shoot from the logo, but... Will DeJounte being around make him work on his defensive game? Because you think about you think about people who are studs shooters, right? Stephen Curry. How great has Steph's defensive game become 
in the last 10 years of his career, right? The evolution where he knows he can do one thing so well, but there's a Great whole other side of the game. That, that's, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Great as a stretch, but he's good, he's good. But, but he has his, well then, in this at least, he has his great moments, enough where when you are a championship team, you have to lock in, and maybe it's not for, you know, 35 minutes a game. Maybe it's not for the 48 minutes of a total game. It is for 12 minutes, you know, it's for six minutes in the fourth quarter here and there, and so... Trey has to step his game up. I, I it feels weird saying that you know a player of his caliber has to step his game up, but if they want to return to the level they were at, he's gonna have to do it as their leader. Well, he's in the same boat as Luka Doncic, man. Like they're both otherworldly yeah. offensive players. Like it's hard to find a, a guy comparable to them. In fact, they're probably the only two guys that are very comparable. And then you've got the defensive issues that are just, they're black holes on defense, man. Like guys are going to go at them and score so many points. Yeah. Um, Trey with his size too, it's harder for him to just, you know, pick up the defense. He's got to have to really, you know, know the scheme, know where he can fit in, understand how to utilize his size mm -hmm. in order to not be taken advantage of and to sneak into places, you know, use it as, as an advantage. Uh, but Man, I just I'm excited to see what this team turns into because again, like I think the the Murray Young combination is going to be good. I'm just like not a hundred percent sold on it, and I need to see it work. I need to see Trey giving up the ball more. I need to see Murray being able to collapse the defense still consistently and kick. Um, I want to see how it works with with Collins and and Anyeka and Clint. So it's going to be an interesting season for the Hawks, man. But yeah, I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Personally, I think they're you know in the play-in tournament, but they'll make the playoffs. They'll be like the seventh or eighth seed, just like they were last year. I think that they also have a very large range as well, right? Like the the position that they could end up in depending on how crazy of a season they could have on both ends of the spectrum, right? Like, I could see this team being a four seed going into the trade deadline, making a trade for insert disgruntled star here because we have enough assets, and then being not true contenders, but being relevant enough where they've bought in, they've they've tooled around Trey, DeJounte is the answer, and now they've got their insert, you know, not Bradley Beal, but insert third guy here, right? Like, the Hawks are kind of at a precipice where they really do need to figure out what they're going to do and what they're going to do around Trey and where they're going to go. And if DeJounte's the answer, well, you know, another good team in the East, Matt. Oh, my. Dude, I, again, this it's, it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy deep division um, or conference. This division, though, man, like, pretty weak. I would say, like, the max that I could see one of these teams hitting in terms of, you know, standings in the East is, like, fifth. Honestly, I'm not. I'm so down no, no, yeah, yeah. this year, man. And I'm like, I'm high on the Hawks, but like, again, only so high. Everything this has division, to go perfect. Yeah, I the, the best thing that they have going for them, both the Heat and the Hawks, is that they get to play the Orlando Magic, the Charlotte Hornets, and the Wizards more often than any other team in the NBA. True. So, like, those are three of the worst teams in the NBA. I would say three of the top 10 or bottom teams. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't argue with you, right? Like this is this is the situation we're in here. It's the subpar southeast. We're just we're just living it up, trying to trying to think about where we can see bright futures for a lot of these teams because at the end of the day, you know, I don't love seeing teams like I don't want to see a Hornets team in the NBA. You know, I'm much more excited seeing magic teams, seeing situations where the teams are at least relevant and, and 
going to potentially be something in the future, whether they pan it or not, that's up to the front office, right? So hopefully, you know, five years from now, it's it's a different situation. You know, I remember when we were talking about, you know, the Grizzlies, the T-Wolves, teams that have really changed their narratives and found a different direction. You know, a couple years ago, they were definitely in a similar situation like some of these teams. So hopefully we'll see more from the Southeast in a couple years from now. Yeah, man, except the Eastern Conference is already good enough, buddy. We don't <laughs> need more good teams. I'm trying to get some good karma over here, you know, before we before we switch into a, a short little Raptors chat here, because obviously, you know, we're saving our division for a couple weeks from now, right before the season starts, because that is the, the cream of the crop with some absolutely amazing teams. But shall we talk about shall we talk about Nurse? Shall we talk about FIBA America Cup? The little bit of basketball that us as Raptor fans are kinda getting right now? Dude, all I can say is that to have Delano Ben playing under Nick Nurse as the star in the lead is the perfect developmental situation for him, for the Raptors. Oh, yes. And him averaging like 27 and 4 during this tournament is just money for us. Like, it is just so good to hear. Um, again, not all of them are NBA players or NBA caliber players. But the fact that he's doing that as the starter, as the lead in yeah. this international basketball stage only bodes well for the fact that he could actually back up Fred Van Vliet for, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game and take his minutes average from 38 down to 33. Yeah, because that's all we need. It's all we need. We need to keep Freddie that much healthier and Delano get that much better. Um, and I'll be happy, bro. I'll be very and, happy. And you talk about needing to get Fred's minutes down. Let's get all of our starters' minutes down, you know? Let's talk about how, you know, backup point guard. He can even play the four. Delano can play a lot of positions. So just being able to get more minutes out of more players from our roster, give these guys some time to rest, it's exciting. It's what we want to see out of Delano. And, you know, Nicky Nurse continuing his trend as one of the great coaches of our time right now. Like, we love to see it. Yeah, man, I love that he's he's committed to Canada, that he's the Raptors coach, and that he was like, yeah, of course I'll stay with Canada basketball. It's also great for us to have him in Canada basketball because then he could talk to the stars, you know, like Dylan Brooks, like Brandon Clark, like Shea, you know, get get the little Raptors idea flowing in the head, you know, the big reunion in Canada, bring back RJ, bring back Wiggins. Like, that's a squad, bro. We, we would talk love about it. Murray. Oh my gosh, too many good Canadian players, but at least Delano's getting to run it, right? Like, you know, obviously this isn't the biggest of a deal. A lot of players are really trying to ramp up for the NBA season. You know, the teams are starting to actually get together and form up, you know. I mean, the Raptors, it was a different situation since it seemed like everybody was running it. Rico Hines making it work as a squad. Like, this team looks like it's coming together. There's a lot of good love happening, and the boys are primed and locked in for an interesting season coming ahead. Let's go, man. I mean, I, I'm chomping at the bit for some NBA season and some, even some NHL, NFL starting this week, man. I'm so excited about that. I might have to kick off like a, an NFL corner segment or something, man, because I'm getting excited, man. I drafted my fantasy team the other day. They're looking pretty nice. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. It's the right time of year for Matt. He's living his best life. I'm over here thinking maybe this is the season that I get to jump through a table with Austin. You know, Bills, you know, you, you've got an MVP front runner apparently. So I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but, you know, anything's possible. Super Bowl favorite by most people's standards, bro. Crazy, crazy to think. I know that everyone is just pumped for the NFL season. And Matt is slowly turning me into the ultimate sports fan over here. I'll watch anything at this point. 
yeah, buddy. NFL buddy starts starts tomorrow night. Buffalo against the Rams. Can't can't ask for more than that. And then Sunday, I'm gonna be watching football all day. Uh, but we got off track, man. Let's try to wrap this up with some some hot takes about this division. I think the Heat are gonna miss the playoffs. That's my hot take, man. Um, number one to out of the playoffs. I think they probably get into some play-in games. They might make the playoffs that way, but top six seed. Oh. Man, it, it would be a tragedy. Kyle Lowry, close your ears, shut your eyes. You don't want to hear this, but it's possible. There's definitely people putting money down that the Heat are not going to be what they've been in the past few years. So I can't be surprised with a take like this. We've heard it from Matt throughout this. On my side of the ends, I'm going to be a little bit safer over here. You know, I think Matt clowned me a little bit when I threw this idea at the beginning, but Without a major trade, without something happening, without them getting a center of some kind, sorry Mason Plumway, the Hornets are going to lose, and they're going to lose hard. They're going to be the absolute biggest sad bet, sad team at the end of the year. Like, it's just a fact. They're not going to do well. Bottom of the East? <laughs> or do you think that's reserved for the Pacers? <laughs> that's the thing, man. I think the Pacers really want to get Wembignana to go with Tyrese Halliburton, but... If they were the bottom of the East, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure that that locker room doesn't want it, but Lamella Ball needs help. That that's that's the end of the fact there. Yeah, team with their best player who's 21 on the decline. Sad, sad state for that franchise, my friend. Ouch, ouch, ouch. But I think that wraps us up over here. So thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like, subscribe. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.